The only way to be satisfied, to be content in the Lord, is to know that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ and that you're taking the gospel to other people that you know and those that come and talk to you and those that you don't even know. In the future, they'll come and you can give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone had said, no cross, no pain, no gain. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's so good to have you with us today for our continued focus on following Jesus with a fully surrendered heart. Today, Raul will challenge you to consider Christ's call to look beyond yourself to those still in need of a Savior. You'll see that true discipleship is not only about personal spiritual growth, it's about prioritizing the eternal lives of others. As we follow along with Rawl today, we'll get a challenge to walk in Christ's footsteps of selfless submission. The title of today's lesson is, Who is a Disciple? Here's Rawl Reese now in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, that's Simon Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, that's the Sea of Galilee, for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishermen of men. I love that. Notice what God has called each one of us individually to do. To do what? To catch men. To catch men, women, children for the kingdom of God. These guys were fishermen in the Sea of Galilee. That was their occupation. And when Jesus came to them, Jesus called them to drop their nets and to follow him and began to train how to become fishermen of men. An amazing, amazing occupation. And it's given to every single one of us, whether you're a lawyer or a judge, or whatever your occupation may be, there is always opportunity to go fishing and catch men for Jesus Christ. It's incredible, all the opportunities. Every time I go to the gym, there's opportunity there. When I go to the beach, opportunity there. Wherever I go, in the grocery store, there's opportunities. I never ever force myself on anyone. I'm very quiet about it. But when I see a person in distress or need, I will approach them and talk to them, not give them the gospel yet, but see, you are right. And that opens the door for conversation. It's a big issue because you can be a person that puts on a smile, but deep inside, you don't know what to do anymore. You're getting ready to call it quits. There's a lot of people like that. And it's incredible how Jesus had a love and a passion to make disciples. To make disciples. Very important. After Jesus Christ rose from the dead, Jesus gave his own disciples the command to what? To make disciples. To make disciples. Even Paul the apostle, when he came to know Christ, he became a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
Remember in Matthew chapter 28, coming to the conclusion of the book of Matthew? Jesus has died, rose again. He's there for 40 days, ascended. Remember, he's going to ascend to heaven. But before his ascension to heaven, he meets with the disciples for 40 days and ministers to them. And right before he leaves, he gives them the great commission. In chapter 20, verse 19 and 20, listen. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So be it. Amen. The commissioning of the disciples. So if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you already have been commissioned. If you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's because you have never been born again of the Holy Spirit. That's the qualification. Not being a good person. Not being a religious person. It's a person that has submitted his will, her will, to Jesus Christ and says, Lord, here is my life. How do you want to use it? Show me. And it's so neat to see the way God transforms people's lives and changes them. You see, it's a true call of God to the whole church to call us to discipleship, to come and follow Jesus Christ. Remember when Jesus in John chapter 3, speaking to one of the most religious persons among the Sanhedrin, The Sanhedrin was the government of Israel, 72 members in the government. And this guy by the name of Nicodemus, he was not only in the Sanhedrin, and you had to be married in the Sanhedrin, but he was rich. And he came by night to Jesus and asked him the question, Jesus, what must I do to go to heaven? I'm so happy he put chapter 3 there. What must I do? To go to heaven. And Jesus, listen, in chapter 3 of John's gospel, verse 3. And Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The next time he'll say, cannot enter the kingdom of God. If you're not born again of the Holy Spirit, you cannot, what? You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And you'll never enter heaven. Never. I didn't make the rules. Jesus Christ made the rules. God the Father himself. That's what the Bible teaches. And it's interesting because right away when Jesus said that, Nicodemus in verse 4 comes back and says this. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can a man be born when he's old? He's thinking physically, not spiritually. Notice that. The natural man. And he says, second question, how can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and then be born again of the flesh? How can I regress and go back and be a baby and then come out through my mother's womb? Jesus was watching that he was a physical man, not a spiritual man. So Jesus said to him, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he says, pay attention, I will tell you. Unless one is born of water 
and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Wow. He cannot. Now, a lot of people will take verse 5, and they'll make that, that you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're baptized by water. That's not what it's teaching. The word water here is in reference to the word of God. As you look at the scriptures. In the reference to the word of God. He's saying that unless you're born again by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. You will never enter the kingdom of God. Never. Why? Because baptism has no power. Baptism is a symbol of death. You go into the water when you're born again of the Holy Spirit and you're getting buried in Christ Jesus. And when you come out of the water, you come out of the water in resurrection life, in newness of life. It's not salvation. So it's really important what Jesus is saying here. He's giving instruction to one of the top officials in the Sanhedrin by the name of Nicodemus because he's searching for the truth. And Jesus is giving him the truth. And it's really cool because as Jesus is teaching here, he's taking the church, and the church has not only gone to sleep spiritually today, but the church needs an awakening. Today we need an awakening. It's like Paul says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, 14, he gives a scripture from the Old Testament. He says, therefore he says, awake you who are sleeping, get up from your dead. And Christ will give you light. There are many people today that are sleeping. They're dead spiritually. They have no life. And many of you that have come to know Christ over the years, you've become cold. And like John says in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, 1 through 7, speaking to the church of Ephesus. He says, your problem is that you're doing all these works and that's great. You're attending church. He says, but the problem is this, that you have left your first love. Your first love. And Jesus is going to hit it in a moment. Because let me say this, that if you love, if you're a husband or a wife, and you love your husband or you love your wife more than God, you're wrong. The Bible says that God has to be first. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're here to equip you with God's Word as you order your life to point others to Christ. Download our free app to access a variety of Scripture-rich resources. You can also reach us at 800-634-9165 and visit us at somebodylovesyou.com. Now back to the final part of our study today, Who is a Disciple? So it's really important that we take the Word of God and we don't just read it, we need to act upon it. We need to be doers of the Word of God, not just hearers of God's Word. And so we see here, as you study the Scriptures, and I went back and I did a little survey, that it's not without significance that the word disciple in the Bible, in the New Testament, appears 269 times. 269 times. The word Christian, only three times. And the word believer, only two times. Two times. Disciple, 269 times. Think about that. It means to be a learner. It means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ has to be the main priority in my life. And his word. And anointed by the Holy Spirit of God. Baptized by God's power in my life. When Jesus in the gospel of Luke is speaking. He says this in chapter 14, 25. He says, now a great multitude went with Jesus. And he turned and said to them. If anyone comes to me. And does not hate his father. His mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus said that. And the word hate here is not the word hate that we use when we hate somebody and we want to kill them. The word hate here in the Greek means love less, to love less. Which means God is first, my wife is second, my kids and my grandkids and whatever else. But my wife and my kids and my grandkids cannot be number one. They cannot be. God has to be one. Christ has to be the main topic in my life. He has to be it. He goes on to say this. Verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and comes after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower that not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? He says, if you're going to be a disciple of Christ, you better sit down first and count the cost. Like a builder. You buy the land. You're going to start building. Are you sure you have enough money to complete the project? If you don't, you're going to be mocked. And then people are going to not trust you. Think about that. So he gives the illustration of a builder. Then he goes on to say this. He says, less after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. They make fun of you. They say, well, what kind of a person are you? Are you stupid or something? You build, you're trying to build this house, but you don't have enough funds. Didn't you go to the bank and make sure that you had enough money to do it? And then he says this. Saying to the men, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king goes out to make war against another king and does not sit down first to consider whether he is able with his 10,000 soldiers to meet him that's coming with 20,000? I mean, you got to strategize. If we're going to go take a hill or whatever, who's up there? What's the enemy? How many do they have? Can we do it with the number of people we have here? Everything you do in life, you got to count the cost. you got to check it out. Before you're committed to it. He says, or else, while the other is still a great way off the enemy, he says he sends a delegation and is asking conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Look how many times in the New Testament he says that. You cannot be my disciple. And he means what he says. A disciple is a learner. It means this. It means a learner or a pupil or one that accepts the teaching of Christ, not only in belief, but also in lifestyle. The way you live your life in front of your children, at work, in the playground, in the gym, at the beach, on the mountains, in the desert, wherever you go. Wherever you go. 
You can bring a reproach to the name of Christ by not behaving like a disciple of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ called his disciples, they picked up everything that they had, they left it behind, and they followed Jesus Christ. And God always seems to check out your heart because he wants to make sure that you are willing to follow him fully, completely. Remember Jesus speaking again in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, 24, what did he say? It says he just finished, the disciples just finished confessing him that he's the Mashiach, the anointed one of God. Peter said that. And then he says this to them. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The word deny means to forget about self. The cross is the instrument of death, and then following by faith. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whosoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man or a woman if he gains or she gains the whole world and loses their own soul? Or what will a man or woman give in exchange for their souls? Wow. Good questions. Think how people sell their souls so cheap for a night with a woman, for a car, for a property, for money, for a bank account. For position and power, they sell their inheritance. They sell their souls to Satan. It's so sad. It's so sad the way things happen. And yet Jesus here is calling on completely and fully to discipleship. Fully, completely. You want to be my disciple, then you got to follow me. In Mark 10, 28, he said, Then Peter began to say to Jesus, See, Lord, I have left everything to follow you. And Jesus said to him, No, you don't leave things behind. When you come and follow me, you're going to have more than you ever desired. Not physically, not financially, but spiritually. Man, I'm a billionaire today. I'm a billionaire spiritually. You know why? Because I have Christ. And I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to say it. And I want to continue to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Especially in the days that we're living in today. The only way to be satisfied, to be content in the Lord, is to know that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ and that you're taking the gospel to other people that you know and those that come and talk to you and those that you don't even know. In the future, they'll come and you can give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone had said, no cross, no pain, no gain. That's true. No cross, no pain, no gain. I've learned something in my life that when I have a lot of peace in my life, when everything's pretty cool, I'm kind of leery because I said, okay, what's the enemy up to? But when I have storms and the wind's blowing, the waves are beating, I say, okay, God's working in my life. I know everything's cool. Because it's there in that place where the waves are beating on the boat and the wind's blowing and the water's coming into the boat that I can pursue to see God and know His perfect will and know that as long as He is on the boat, I am safe. I don't care how big the storm is. If God is for me, who can be against me? Who can be against me? I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ and I will follow him to the day I die. 
And you know what's incredible? As Jesus in John chapter 6, all these people were following Christ. They called themselves disciples. When Jesus spoke the truth to them about true sacrifice and true denial, listen to what it says in chapter 666 of John. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with Jesus. They left. They said, this is not for me. I'm leaving. Forget this stuff. And that's what happens today in the church. There's a lot of people in the churches, but there's a lot of, no, a few disciples of Jesus Christ. Few. Remember in the Gospel of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount? When you come to chapter 7, what does it say? The way to heaven is very narrow, and very few people find it. But the way to destruction, the road is broad, and many, many, many go there. And then further down, he says this. He says, and on that day of judgment, many will come and say, Lord, I prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name, and did miracles and wonders. And Jesus will say to them, even though you did all these great works, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evil servant of iniquity. Depart from me. And that's why all the way to the gospels, he continually is asking to make what to follow. To follow him. He says in John 12, 26, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, him the Father will honor. God the Father will honor those that do what? That serve Jesus Christ. That can only be one word. Disciples of Jesus Christ. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? This morning you can really check your heart out. It's good to be reminded that our journey with Jesus isn't meant to be a solo adventure, but a walk where we invite others to join with us along the way. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's message, Who is a Disciple?, is available in its complete form by calling 800-634-9165. For a donation of $5 or more, we'll send you an unedited copy. Now, as you consider how you can obey Christ's mandate to share the gospel, we'd like to equip you with the entire discipleship series we're currently airing. This 12-message study from Rawl is conveniently available on either CD or an MP3 flash drive. Pondering the undivided devotion you've been called to as a follower of Christ, you'll learn how to shift your focus to eternity and align your will to God's as you entrust your life to His care. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawl's 12-lesson discipleship series. We'll send you the CD collection for a gift of $23 or the USB drive for $18. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. In our ongoing effort to come alongside you in your personal discipleship, we've put together a number of ways you can explore the Bible on your own. Our Somebody Loves You app is a way you can put online Bible studies at your fingertips. It also includes a scripture reading plan that can help you be more consistent in your reading of God's Word this year. 
Your partnership enables us to keep sharing God's life-giving Word through these programs, and we're grateful for every tax-deductible gift. Tune in next time for more from this Discipleship series. You'll get a challenge to evaluate whether you're truly living for eternity or focusing all of your time and energy on the distractions of earthly pursuits. Now with the final comment, here's Rawl. In conclusion, listen carefully. If you really want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you need to be obedient. Obedient to God. Acts 5.29 says, we ought to obey God rather than men. Secondly, we need to be repentant in our lives. When we sin, we need to repent. Thirdly, we need to be in submission to God. In submission to His will. James 4.7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We need to also be in communion with God. Colossians 3.1 If we were then raised with Jesus Christ, then seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life now is hidden with Jesus Christ in God. You see? We're not of this world. We're going to be in heaven. We're only here for a little while, and then we're going to make the transfer. And we're going to be with Him in eternity forever and ever. And yet so sad and it hurts my heart. That there are going to be and already there are millions and billions of people in hell. And yet in the future there will be more millions. Because they didn't listen. They didn't humble themselves and repent and come to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I want you to become my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, touch my life. I give you my heart. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.